Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Hello, Powerful Nonsenseers. Hello. We are back in your ear holes for another episode of the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the millennial podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yildiz. This is Powerful Nonsense. And I'm really freaking glad I'm sat down. Because my legs are like jelly. We got back from the gym and Wayne had the shakes. I already had the shakes in my legs anyway, because my legs were destroyed from Monday. But uh, we didn't even do legs today. Oh, no, I know. The arms were shaking now. You're but like now a, I'm like, I am like a, a jelly man. A human vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. No, no, I refuse. Holding Move, back. Moving on swiftly. Holding back. Um... Uh, yes, so we've got an interesting episode for you today, uh, interesting conversation coming up. We're going to be talking about universities and how things are shaking up in the university arena. Um, we're also going to be talking about um, the demise or the, re- the demise of the plastic milk bottle, the return of the milkman. <laughs> nice. Uh, the milkman returns, colon. Is that like a new Marvel film? I was going to say, <laughs> milkman returns, colon. Demise of the Plastic Bowl. There you go. I feel like that. Somebody write that comic book. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we'll leave that to you. Um, and then we're also going to be revisiting Coffee Gate with Jim in the lab and uh, finally talk about the book that we've been reading for the last couple of weeks. Well, I've been reading for the last couple of weeks. You finished, finished it, it before I even got mine. Yeah. Um, we'll be talking about Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. But before we do all of that, we've got to go into... The quote of the week. Okay, so quote of the week. Do you want me to go? Do go you, for it. Do you want away. me to go? Okay. So the quote of the week. This is from Jay Shetty. We will link to the YouTube video in question. Uh, but the quote is: Ask yourself, yes or no? Do I want that process? Not do I want that result? It's a strong one. And yeah, this is from Impact Theory, a um, podcast as well, actually. I'll share the link to the YouTube. But what I like about this one is that actually he's asking the question that really matters. I think it's very easy to see the results that people share on Facebook, Instagram and stuff like that. It's always good to see the end product. But I think what people stop and actually don't do is actually look at that process. That's why it's a good thing to like read autobiographies of like business people or actors or anyone you're inspired by. It's actually look where they've come from. I think a lot of the time it, it, people are sold on that end result. It's like that crescendo. It's like what um, Alan Watts says about that last, you don't hear the last, um, what is it, note of the piece of music you hear. You, you've mm. got to see the whole thing. And so what I like about this is actually just saying, hey guys, if, if you've got something that you want, 
stop looking at the end product because actually mm-hmm. it's the process that you're probably going to be spending about 90, 95% of your time on before you get that result. So you've mm. got to sell yourself on that first. Because I think as well, like people want the quick wins, right? And I think if people get the results straight away, if they get the results straight away, they're what, 30 and they've got the result that they wanted. You've still got another 50 odd years of your life, maybe 60, maybe 70, maybe even 80 by, the, by that point because medicine's getting so well like. If you get to 30 and you've achieved everything you want to achieve, you're going to have a pretty boring life because you've not enjoyed the process of getting there. I always think about that with like footballers when their careers are kind of like over by 33. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, now what? And so it's that kind of same thing again. You don't want to kind of, it's good to get to where you want to get to, but obviously that will mean you're going to have to keep setting Mm -hmm. new kind of new results that you want to go after. But I think you've just got to really make sure that you are enjoying that process part of it because that is the day to day. And that's what you're going to probably be spending most of your time doing. Mm. Cool. So that's the quote of the week. Uh, now let's get into the nitty gritty uh, with the story of the week. Okay. So there'll be rant bombs galore, I think. <laughs> Maybe from both of us. I think so. Um, there's been a lot of stories. We've got a few articles that we're going to link to um, in the show notes for this uh, topic. Uh, a lot of talk at the minute about the value of university, um, even to the point that uh, Theresa May, our UK Prime Minister at the time of recording, has gone on record and said she doesn't think that tuition fees are value for money. There's talks of pilot programs about actually people be a- being able to uh, see the details of employability from a certain degree and thus that dictate the price, which we talked about several years ago, <laughs> actually, about doing. Again, yeah. us ticking another box of, we told you so. <laughs> um so there's talks about trialing that program. And uh, one of the big stories uh, from this, uh, from a Forbes, is it Forbes? Um, uh, one of them, yeah. There's one of the articles. <laughs> we got about two or three. One of the articles uh, was saying how uh, the, a university in London, I think it's University of London, isn't it? Might be. Um <laughs> I really should have read that article again before we hit record. <laughs> uh, but one of the universities in London is in the in the article anyway. One of the universities has decided for, to um, they're going to start up a fully accredited science degree taught solely online for I think it's five thousand six hundred a year. Yeah, five thousand six hundred and fifty. Boom. Which is slightly less than you'd be paying if you were actually going. Yeah, <laughs> it's still more than we paid several years ago. Yeah. Um. But this idea that actually they've introduced it following a drop in their numbers since the increase in tuition fee prices, blah de blah de blah. Um, <laughs> so, just throwing a lot of info at you there. But ultimately, we were saying just before we hit record, are universities screwed? I think so. Is the university about mm. to die? I think it's got two things that's happening. Number one, it's getting so expensive that students are definitely considering whether or not they want to do it. It's no longer one of those things with, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to university Mm -hmm. because now you're saying, oh, shy, I'm going to come out with a whole lot of debt and it's a big amount. So, and people probably aren't going to pay that back. The other thing is it's actually becoming a bit uncool. 
Like I think there's so much, I think with the whole entrepreneurial sort of vibe going on and people yeah. kind of wanting to do their own thing, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time people are saying, you hear a lot of people like, oh, don't go to education. You're not going to get your business skills through going to university. So actually, I think that in that sense, people are going, do I actually need a business degree or should I just go and do something, create something, go work for a startup? I mean, obviously there are degrees that you have to do to become certain professions, but I think probably a bulk of a lot of the... Uh, signups are not just for those courses there's so many very different courses i used to joke about the different types of courses they used to be and so i think now it's just i think students are making a much more conscious decision they're tying it up with okay what are the outcomes of how much i'm going to earn is this a good uni could i get this elsewhere and i think we're seeing so many online platforms that are happy to put their um, courses online for free and i think this article was sort of saying that actually the university are still stuck in that lecture model where it's the, the actual teacher just talking to the students who are sitting down and students are thinking, wait, if I have to go to a seminar and just watch someone talk at me, can't I just do it at my own time? Can't you just film it and I'll watch it whenever I'm ready mm-hmm. if that's where the information's coming from? I remember myself, there were some classes, obviously I was doing media production, so there were more sort of hands-on, but a lot of them were just talking of someone just passing over knowledge to you over a slide share and so if this is the kind of content that could be easily put online then why not and if it means that it makes it better value for the students who can then watch it in their own time flexibly from anywhere in the world and we've said it many times before we was like the university that fully embraces this and maybe they become the university becomes a place that just accredits once you've done the work and I think that's what's going to happen ultimately I think it's not going to be so much about who learns from where there might end up being a platform somewhere where the best lecturers in certain degrees are in one place and you just go online you get the study work and you decide which university you want to accredit that work for you which is kind of where i think it's going to go and i think that's freaking out a lot of universities mm. so i think there's uh, several elements here which you kind of touched on uh the universities have got a significant problem because the universities now no longer understand or know what it is they're there for. Because the problem is, is the universities, as you say, are still playing an old model. They are still in this position where they are like, if you want to learn, you must come to us. And that's just not true anymore. Mm. It's just not true anymore. Um, It goes back to what I've said about um, in the classroom, in schools, let alone universities. But we're in a position where we can gain the knowledge that we need to gain online, okay? So the universities are in a position where they're going, if you want to learn, you have to come to us. And they're also going, if you come to us, we'll give you a qualification, which means the whole point of qualifications is that you are more qualified, which means, therefore, you are more likely to be employed. No longer true. No longer true. Um, Other than there are obviously certain uh, occupations where you will need those things like medicine law etc etc you do need qualifications for some of them but for the most part most jobs do not require degree level qualifications Um, those that do often have so many students take those degrees because everybody goes well if they want a degree I'll get that one because then it means I'll get employed and then we have a supply and demand issue because Previous governments have pushed education so much and they've pushed qualifications as our means of measuring our skill in the workplace as a uh, country. Um, And so what's happened is everybody's got a degree. And so everybody may as well not have a degree because it doesn't differentiate you from the market. Right. So in response to this, and I think it was um, 
controversially, I think it make it made sense, though not good for people um, from less well-off backgrounds. So it it had its flaws as a policy, but we put tuition fees up. The idea being, I think, um, this is how I see the logic being anyway, mm. the idea being that if you put the prices up, you then not everybody ends up going because then they actually start weighing up whether or not it's valuable or not. Ultimately, what happened, however, is it didn't make enough of a difference. And also, as we said before we hit record, too little too late because the market was already saturated. So that's point one. Uh, people are going to get something that, that, that they're being promised something that can't be delivered, employability. And then we have the problem with the fact that uh, if you don't go to university for the qualification and the employability, what do you go to university for? Well, you go to university to learn. And there's nothing, nothing beyond one-to-one time with a lecturer that a university offers that the internet does not. True. Nothing. Other than perhaps as well, maybe a space and equipment that you don't have to buy Focus yourself. time. But, <laughs> but... Let's say for your course, for example, you spent, you came out of university with probably about 20 odd thousand pounds worth of debt, I would have thought. Yeah, something like that. Had you spent that 20 odd thousand pounds on online courses and camera equipment and lighting equipment, hell, even renting a studio when you needed it, would you, would you have spent 21,000 pounds? Probably not. No way. And if I did, if I had 21,000 to spend, I think I would have got a lot of bang for my buck. Not that my degree wasn't bang for my buck. It's just that I think you would have got a lot more work experience out of that. You would have put on the job work experience. Mm -hmm. It's nice to kind of be able to show your work to someone who approves it. But then nowadays you put it on Vimeo and you get a load of feedback from people. Mm -hmm. And And that same course now would cost you three times the amount that you paid. Mm -hmm. So we're talking £60,000. Could you imagine... You did media production, right? Could you imagine if somebody gave you, you wanted to set up a media production business and somebody said, here's 60,000 pounds, off you go. You'd, if you didn't <laughs> fucking rake it in, then you fucked it up and you're never going to win. Because if somebody <laughs> gives you 60,000 pounds and you can't buy decent camera equipment to teach yourself, buy online courses to teach yourself, buy yourself the computer software, the editing software to teach yourself... Like, seriously, like if you can't do that with 60,000 pounds, you're fucked anyway. And this is the problem universities have got because we as young people who are resourceful because we've grown up with the Internet and being and we know how to navigate the Internet. We know how to find anything we want to find. Like I had somebody say to me the other day, I was saying this earlier, did you do graphic design? Because I've been putting like graphics on Instagram that I've created myself. Did you do graphic design? I went, nope. Taught myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I haven't even spent any money on an online course exactly it reminds me of these like pop-ups that keep coming up here in my um, Facebook feed it's like like get taught directing from James Cameron get Ooh. taught script writing from I don't know any like all these actual humongous people and it's kind of like well actually what if he was my lecturer instead of well, who exactly. was my lecturer that's the other thing <laughs> because these because people are now starting to understand the economics of the internet so Big names are now going, well, I have something of value to offer people that want to learn. At scale. I have not exactly at scale. I can charge 3x what Joe Bloggs could charge for the same knowledge because I've got the brand name behind me. So you can learn directly from 
Ron Howard is one that keeps popping up on mm. my... Uh, the director, Ron Howard, who's just directed the next Star Wars film that's coming out in May, he keeps popping up for his masterclass. Yeah, that's it. The masterclasses that keep popping up all over the place. Yeah, and I'm like, if I was a filmmaker, hell yes, I'd put up 100 quid for a few videos well, of imagine Ron Howard. you can literally get your scriptwriter who's a master, your director who's well. a master. Maybe you sign up for a monthly subscription and you've got like all of these people who are the best teaching you. It then comes down to actually do you want to learn it or you really want to learn it mm-hmm. rather than that whole going to university because you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So Now, granted, what value the universities do have to a, to a degree, no pun intended, um, <laughs> is that they do, there is structure there. There is structure to this learning. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go out on your own, your learning is less structured and you're learning what you need to learn as you need to learn it. But I'm not even sure that's a bad thing. Because actually, that differentiates you from the market even more so. Because if you've had 30 people go through the same course as you, the same structure, and that's they've spent 60 grand to go through this course, the same structure, chances are they're not going to have any, uh, any money to be spending on other courses and online courses and things. So they're going to have learned exactly what you've learned. Whereas if you take that 60 grand and you spend it on loads of these online courses, you're going to have such a plethora of skills and it's going to be such a cocktail that actually nobody's going to be able to do what you can do. Mm -hmm. Well, I say nobody, obviously that's a, but, but odds are you're going to have such unique knowledge base and skill sets that actually you're going to be able to uniquely place yourself in the market, which no surprise makes you more employable. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing like obviously, in this uh, article, they're saying that 62% feel like they're not getting value for money. I think there is definitely a disconnect between, um, well, number one, I just think that sometimes I think students are very naive to the fact that university was never there to kind of guarantee you a job as well. So in defense of universities, I get that. But at the same time, are they aware? I think they're also not even thinking about the employability aspect of it. And I think that's why they a lot of the time they try to use that stats on all the stuff they share. But I just think there's a there's the disconnect is there. And I think that's that's the main reason why I think a lot of students go to universities because it's like, well, I'm going to get a job after because I have the degree. Whereas I think then the universities don't really think about that as much. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a bit of both. I think that it means that it's going to make students definitely less naive about what university is. And it's going to make universities be very clear Mm-hmm. And they have to be very sort of transparent on actually what that value is that they're hoping to give. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, is let's look, let's look 10 years in the future. There is nothing about em- the way that businesses employ that is going to head more towards a situation where the university model is favorable through employability. So to put that into context, because there was a lot of words there that probably didn't make a huge amount of sense because I was trying to work out the thought process in my head. (laughs) What I'm saying is we now live our lives online. The more we live our lives online, the more data we're putting out there. The more data we're putting out there, the more analytical you can be around that data. So in 10 years' time, bearing in mind the internet as it exists now, the current state of the internet has been around for about 10 years, this whole social media thing. In another 10 years' time, we're going to have double the data that we have now. The data that we have now is already scary because of the the things that advertisers can do. Imagine in 10 years' time, we have double that amount of data and an employer can go into Facebook and go, right, 
And they can kind of do this already, but imagine it on a larger scale. They go, right, we have a job opening. I need somebody that has three years experience as a PA, or I need someone who is trained in this. I need somebody that has studied this degree, or I need someone who's specifically done this online course. They can punch that into Facebook, bring up all those people and approach them directly and headhunt through Facebook. Which you kind of can do on LinkedIn Which already. You, yeah, exactly. Mm. But except with LinkedIn, it's more kind of... Um, it's, very, it's more deliberately yeah, input. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas with Facebook, I imagine it will be it's more organic. More organically more organic yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine that we're there. What, what role are universities going to have in employability? I don't think much. I think the future of universities is going to be about nurturing talent. Yeah, I think they have to become sort of like the Google campuses. They have to be... Yeah hey, come here, collaborate. It's, again, it's that sort of experiential thing we spoke about. We spoke how Northampton is trying to move towards that, being entrepreneurial with the ways that they um, their degrees are. And I think unless they do that, there's no reason. You, otherwise, if, if they all carry on doing the same way, all they're going to become is a stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen with that is that there are, they are going to put their courses online. Their students, they probably have less people complete in their online courses because they're less engaged. And I just think... But even the stamp of approval... That's all it's going to be, is, though. It's but just... even the stamp of approval is becoming less and less important mm. already. Like, uh, this is a very actor-specific thing. But um, for drama schools, uh, for the last God knows how many years, we've had this accredited system. And there are drama schools that were part of this club, which basically meant if you're part of this club, we it's a stamp of approval that you have had excellent world-class training. And then about two years ago now, all of the drama schools that had developed a brand in of themselves went, well, actually, we don't need to be part of this club anymore. So they stopped paying their fees to be part of the club. They withdrew from the club and the club shut down. And that club was there to say, this is a stamp of approval. And because universities are now having to really compete on a marketing level, their own brands are going to be their own brands. Mm. So I think really it's down to the university degrees for the value to the businesses is actually on the searchability of the candidates that they relevantly want. So it's going to be about the output. It's going to be it's I think it's actually going to be much more along the lines of a drama school model, which is actually look at this person who came through us. If anything, I think the outcomes, the people, the businesses, the entrepreneurs, the uh, successful people, the academics, whatever they're going to become the superstars of the universities and they're going to be going, this talent, this talent came from us. The talent is going to be the stamp of approval to the university, not the other way around. That's where I think it's going. No, I agree with that totally. No, that's a really good point. And I think you you only have to become the stars basically. Yeah. You only have to look at the power of personal brands now. Yeah. And the, 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 the influencers are going to be the ones selling the universities, not the universities selling the influencers. And then they hold, then the model becomes how do we create influencers or stars yeah. through the system? It has you, to be. The university has to become about nurturing talent. It's the only way it can win. I can't see it because because what else does it offer, really? So we're going to have the NFL, is it the Columbine where they have to? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. But I, I don't see how where else it can go because if it goes towards more teaching, more uh, life skills, entrepreneurial thinking, which I think would be a very good thing. Um, then it becomes about producing talent. Um, it can't be about, it can't be about purely education anymore. It just can't. 
Mm-hmm. It can't because a lot of a lot of the lecturers give you a reading list and they go read those books and then we'll discuss. Like, <laughs> like you can do that online. And like, you, and you feel forced to because you paid sixty grand to do so. Exactly. So. Yeah, and like I can find reading lists online and I can decide what books. I, in fact, hell, I could go to uh, an influencer's website and they'll go, "This is the book I'm reading at the moment. This is what I've learned," and they'll lecture you on a book in a blog post and then you go and buy the book and then you go and read the book and then you leave a comment mm-hmm. it's exactly the same like there's nothing i just don't understand i don't understand what where, what other way a university can go i really so don't only what we're saying is universities are pretty much effed up i think so if they continue down the path that they're down going down um i think they are and i think all of this stuff as we said before we hit record uh is too little too late i just wonder as well whether um it's kind of like interest rates where they put them up and down. And if there's some sort of influence on how many people they want in education rather than in the actual workforce, because there must be some governmental kind of thing mm. around. Imagine if less people go to uni, that means you've got more potentially. No, I hate or... to say it, I don't, I don't want to give our government that much credit. I don't think they understand that. So it's not even on. No, the... I don't think it's even that intellectual. Oh, fair enough. I really don't because the, the <laughs> fact that they, the, the fact that, um, arts in schools has gone down um, just says to me that they don't have a freaking clue about education and the future of this country Fair to enough. get political <laughs> we'll leave it which there. I try and avoid at all costs <laughs> but I just wouldn't give our government that much credit I'm afraid <laughs> fair enough Anyway, <laughs> on that note, uh, yeah, let us know what you think um, about the university situation. Would you pay for university? Would you go today if you could? Would you pay? Would you pay nine grand to go to university now if you haven't gone already? Uh, would you pay five grand to do the same course but online? Five grand a year, that is, and nine grand a year. Five grand a year to do the same course online, or is that still too much? Five and a half grand, actually, technically. Yeah. Um, Which cool. is ridiculous when you think about how many online courses and books you could probably buy for that money. Well, that's my point. That's why I brought <laughs> up the online courses earlier. I was like, Think about it. And it's like Gary Vee says, just go work for someone for free for like a year and right? save that money and use it for your living costs and you'd probably learn like 10 they're years. They're selling worth it of... like they're doing them a, a touch, yeah. you know, but actually it's still a con <laughs> and it's still more, it's still almost double what we paid a year. Yeah. Crazy. Ridiculous. Anyway, so let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at PN underscore podcast. Okay. So, um, have we got time for this week? Millennials killed. Yeah, we can quickly jump in and out. Yeah, okay, cool. So, uh, yes, this week, Millennials killed... Plastic milk bottles. Yes. After Blue Planet, Blue Planet has changed the world. Well... Well, I think it's good. I think a lot of these documentaries are sort of opening people's eyes mm-hmm. to different things that are going on, ethical behaviour, but definitely the plastics. I saw it all over the news lately... And it's ridiculous. The amount of like videos, obviously, because now I'm into certain vegan products, the amount of times I see on my um, posts on my Facebook of like animals dead on beaches with like bits of plastic, hundreds of bits of plastic inside them. And then you think of all the plastic waste, even now that I live at home by myself well, with my girlfriend, but just, just two people in a house and you think, wow, look at all the packaging, literally my recycling bin I'm putting out like every day. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible, like, how much plastic we're using. And I think suddenly it's starting to pile up and we're being exposed to where this plastic is going or why, like, you get a bag of, I don't know, some sort of avocados. They've got double amount of plastic, even though nature has actually put its own packaging on it in the first place. And I think 
millennials are definitely having a backlash to this again with the kind of food they're eating with the kind of packaging i think they're just exposing things that are done in a very unethical way mm-hmm. and i think obviously that's why now you're saying like the milkman's coming back people want glass bottles that can be reused or anything in that case it's like if there's a way to reuse it it's the same like i feel guilty every time i get a coffee now and i haven't got my keep cup on me and then you start mm-hmm. re- reading about the impact of how many people go chuck coffee cups away every day and I think it's just slowly by slowly people becoming conscious. Because you can't recycle them. Yeah. And even like the bags for life that the bloody supermarkets give you, you buy it and then you forget it. And then you can't like, oh, you didn't bring it. And then you have to pay it again. And then I've got like a massive amount of bags. And you're like... Oh, it's unreal. Is there not? Is there not a way that you can literally just bring your bags back and then you can get your money for it and someone else can use it instead of them literally using it as some sort of commercial sell your bag model? It's yeah. kind of, it's mental. I, I mean, I don't know the stats on the on the bag for life thing and now that we have to pay 5p for a bag, but my gut instinct is that actually it's done worse for the environment than actually yeah. because the plastics are thicker, they're using yeah. more plastic yeah. um, to create them because they're doing the bag for life model, which was never the intention in the first place. The idea was the same plastic bags that you had before, yeah. you sell it for 5p. Yeah. That was the model. Now, yeah, Tesco was... don't even sell 5p bags. Yeah. Tesco only sell you 10p bag for oh, life well, bags. 15p, I bought a pound one the other day. It's like, And you're right, like you do forget them. Yeah. You do forget them because it's not ingrained my, into us. My like, model is they should have a bag bin at the actual supermarket outside and you can bring your bags back and shove them in there. And that means if you bought too many or you got too many, then that means someone can turn up to the supermarket, pull a few out for their sale, bring it home. And then the next time they come, they're like, oh, I've got all those bags That's I accidentally forgot. Idea. Let me pop them back in that bag bin so someone that else can use it. That is a great idea. And I'm just like, why doesn't someone That's do so that? That's so much better. It's like the same where you either pick up a basket or you pick up... Some bags that someone else, or you pick up your basket, yeah. chuck a couple of bags Where in they there. keep the baskets, you, they keep the plastic bags. Yeah, and there's people's, other people have used them, they're fine, you can look at them, oh, that's got a hole in, that one has to go then. And But you, no one's going to put that, most people are going to be normal citizens, so this is just like people doing shit in the wrong way and not thinking about the actual process of how it's done. And so I think the whole milkman thing, I think people are moving away from milk as well, but also just the amount of plastic bottles, I think it's just become well into our consciousness that shit, we use so much packaging and this is terrible mm. for the planet. And so I can see why that's going to happen. And you probably, I've seen that. I think there is like a, an electric milk float that I saw in an article somewhere now and it's all glass bottles and it is millennials are going for it. It's probably a bit hipster. You probably have to pay about 10 pounds for a bit of milk. But again, it's just exposing these things that are wrong with the current system. Mm. But good that the milkman's coming back, I think. Good for the milkman. <laughs> I, I know, I think know. it's, I, I don't know, do there's you know something what, quite nice do. about the milkman Do you know thing. what I must say, actually? I think it's actually quite clever, because if I could order my plant milks that I get through a milkman, <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing, because a lot of the time I run out, like a lot of the time, and then it's those little things that just are effort, and if you think, oh, you know what, I'll pay the <gasps> milkman an extra 20p, and then he just drops off some milk in the morning. I've just had the best idea. Go on, throw it out there. Modernise the milkman, right? Yeah milkman app yeah there should be a milkman app yeah and there's literally the little milk depot with the milk float yeah and there's like it's the i hate to say it, the uberfication of, of milk, milk. Uh, yeah right and you yeah. just hop on and you go shit i'm running out of milk you just hop on your app just yeah. one button send it here i want yeah. three bottles and then he turns up that, half hour later the milkman that sets that up the one who gives him money to set that up where he gets like 10 you can have 20, that one for free milkman <laughs> 10 20 little electric milk <sighs> carts you go on your app you choose the milk you want 
he pings around. Soon enough, millennials are going to be ordering milk. Done. My granddad would be so proud if he was still alive. Was he, he was a milkman. Oh, there you go. I never met him, unfortunately. But yeah, there you go. It was a throwback. Maybe that was like he just came through you in spirit and said, bloody make this. Drove the fastest milk cart in the West. <laughs> is, that, is that how he's known? That's the song. Have you not heard uh, that song? No, go on, give us a... Give us a... Ernie. No, I'll get you to pop I'll, it in I'll there. I'll pop it in there. Oh, yeah. Cheers, mate. You can hear the offbeats pound as they raced across the ground And the clatter of the wheels as they spun round and round And he galloped into Market Street, his badge upon his chest His name was Ernie and he drove the fastest milk cart in the West I can't believe you've not heard that one. It it's, ba- a, it's an old classic. I've, I don't know. Maybe I have once I listened to it back. We'll see. <laughs> so, okay, let's quickly, quickly hop into the lab and talk about Coffee Gate. I'm calling it Coffee Gate now. It's not, it's not Coffee Gate. Coffee Gate comes to an end, Wayne. I'm drinking coffee again. Back on the coffee? I am, but less. And also, I realised I won't have enough B12 which is a supplement that vegans should be taking. I realised, I thought I was taking enough, but then when I finally read the actual bottle, I was like, oh, that's a bit too little. And I think that's what was making me also sleepy. So hang on. So how does B12 relate to coffee? So I was saying that the reason I was stopping coffee was because I was feeling quite tired a lot of the time. And then, so mm-hmm. I thought I'd stopped the coffee and I started feeling a bit more awake. And then also I was like, but yeah, still not back to my normal self, feeling like proper energised. And then I realised that, obviously it's been like a year and a half since I've been vegan and I was reading an article about B12 and I was like, I wonder how much you need for B12 and I looked at like the quantities you should take and then I looked at my pot that I had and I was taking like one a week and I thought it was like a way higher dose and then I realised, shit, that's way too little. Even though it's like in milks and fortitude into other stuff as well but then I thought, but I looked at it and I was like, shit, I'm not taking enough. So I started really like taking the right amount of B12 and the energy started coming back and I thought, okay, let me see if I have coffee, how I feel. And mm-hmm. so the lab's getting more technical now. So it went... No, this is why we call it the lab, guys, because it's experimentation. Yeah, so We should now... probably preface that every time. Yeah. The lab is where we're talking about what we're experimenting with. So please don't take it as golden. Yeah. Anything that we say, it's just, we're testing something. Okay. How does it make us feel? Or is it getting us results? I'm, I'm going to say definitely the research I've put up before about coffee is true. Like I'm trying to drink less because it does deplete you and does make you feel sleepy. But then I also just started reintroducing that b12 and now i feel i think i'm that's it now i can have a coffee and not i still feel a bit tired after a coffee so i'm not having as much but then mm-hmm. the b12 has given me back that energy so who knows where i'll lead to next about well it wasn't the b12 it was actually i was eating far too many bananas <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see cool well, what about you test anything out uh well i am testing I, i'm going to talk about it next week okay um because i am testing out finally after all the years that i've been talking and following gary vaynerchuk i've been test as you know i've been testing out in the last couple of weeks his model of doing things um but it's only content been two, wise not content eating, wise yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing to do with eating no 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 nothing to do this is all content um and personal branding stuff um but I'm only two weeks in, so I don't really want to give an opinion on it just yet. I want to wait another week and see if it still continues to show results. So next week, so we'll next have week, um, Gary yeah. Gate, Gary Gate. <laughs> well, it's not a controversy though. No, it's not. You really. can't call it a gate unless it's a controversy. Okay. Not that not no. that coffee was too controversial, but I think it's controversial enough to get to warrant Coffee Gate. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so I'll update you on on that next week. Um, which actually is a perfect little segue because uh, just before we round up, I want to talk just about, for five minutes, just about uh, Gary V's new book, Crushing It in the Book Club. 
So, it's been out for about a month now. Mm-hmm. Easy read, quick read. It was a quick read. I was really like, long-time listeners will know I am not a big reader. And I read that pretty quick. I think I'd read it within about a week. It was quite spaced out. It was like those children's books where the writing's quite big. Yeah. <laughs> Very digestible as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you could you could easily just read a small section, put it down, come back to it. Take a picture for your Instagram. There was nice little quotes all over there. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So, this is Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, latest book, Crushing It, which is a follow-up to his first book, Crush It. Um, in this book, he kind of talks about his current state, the current state of entrepreneurship um, and particularly social media as it pertains to entrepreneurship. Um, and the first kind of half of the, it's split into two sections. The first section he's talking about um, why you should be leveraging all of this stuff and, and, and what you can actually achieve for yourself if you execute on the thesis. Um, and then, and, and kind of just gives a whole rundown of his thesis about branding and utilizing social media and um, too much to go into in a quick five minutes. Um, but then the second half, he actually goes really strategic and he breaks down the top platforms that he thinks at the minute are most influential. Um, and he talks about um, how you could use the platforms, what the platforms are good for. And then he gives, and, and all through the book, there are examples of people who are, quote, crushing it. Yeah, so he'll kind of introduce a social media platform, then the person who's pretty much crushing it on that platform, which is really nice, actually. It's good to see Mm. it actually implemented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes I think the examples that he uses, I'm kind of like, that's a little bit tenuous as to how that applies to Facebook or how that applies (laughs) to Instagram. But they're good stories all the same because you still see how they're applying the thesis it's just sometimes I think they're in the wrong chapter. And I just think, no, that's not I really... think as well, because we probably know a lot of them who, well, I know, I knew a lot of the people yeah. who were referenced. And so you probably need to go and look into them a bit deeper because obviously the book is probably just a cliff note. Of yes, that that's person. very true. Very true. Um, but what were your general thoughts of the book? I liked it, to be honest, because I consume a lot of Gary Vee's content. It did feel like it was a lot of re-digesting. Mm-hmm. And it was nine. Again, I know a lot of the people that he mentioned in the actual yeah. highlights. So for me... It was a good book, and I think it's definitely... I think the person who's going to get the most value out of it is someone who's probably quite new to Gary Vee. Yeah. Like, I felt like, okay, I knew a lot of it, and I knew a lot of the people who had to kind of implement that. And so, mm-hmm. for me, it was more of, like, a high-five to Gary. Thanks for the content in terms of getting the book. Because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't myself pull away with so much, like, okay, this is new. Mm-hmm. But I think with any kind of Gary Vee content... It's just sometimes another little kick up the arse to remind you, yeah. have you tried this? And so that for me was good enough. And mm. every now and then I'd read like a certain chapter and then I'd jump on my phone and start doing a few things. So, mm. yeah, I, my view, I have a slightly different view actually. Um, again, I've been following Gary Vee for about the same amount of time as you have, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think we both started following him at around the time that he popped back up on social media um, when he started Ask Gary Vee. Um, but, uh, I actually, I think it's such a great book in the sense that, uh, yes, it does go over a lot of the stuff, but to me, it's like a Gary, the Gary Vaynerchuk handbook. And I feel like it's one of those things that I will be rereading over and over and over and over again. And when I'm, when I'm thinking, I really want to push Instagram this week, I'll pick it up and I'll read the Instagram See, I felt, I felt like I got more tactics from Jab, 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 Right Hook. Well, I've just, I've, I've just picked up because I bought Jab, 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 Right, Jab, 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 Right Hook 
quite a while back and I only read the first chapter. But now that I've finished crushing it, I've picked it back up and I've put it in my bag to actually read on the tube. Um, I think that's way more sort of clinical on what to actually do. Whereas I think Crush It was more of an overview. It gives you a bit of that. It gives you a bit of inspiration. It gives you a bit of his thesis. So, well, I feel like jab, 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 right hook will be like crushing. It is going to be the kind of the thesis. And then jab, 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 right hook is the follow up in a way to crushing it of kind of like, even though it was written before. So there are some dated concepts in there, but whereas it's kind of like, this is how you execute that thesis. Yeah. And crush it is just like, if you're early into it and you just want some inspiration to get kind Mm -hmm. of just fired up, then crush it is the one to go to. Yeah. I would read in the following order, crush it, crushing it, yes. jab, 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 right hook, ask Gary V. Yeah. I haven't read Thank You Economy, so I couldn't give you any. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's good. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even by his own admission, Thank You Economy, I think, is like his uh, least um, on, the n- on the nose book. Mm-hmm. I think I heard him say. I don't think I've read that either. Um, but I might check it out because uh, I've checked out all the other books but yeah that's the order i'd read them in crush crush it crushing it jab 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 right hook ask gary v mm-hmm. and they i i feel like they as i said i feel like they are good books just to have on hands just so you can if you're thinking oh yeah instagram or youtube his youtube chapter was great by the way he got really granular with youtube i think it was my favorite chapter because he really went he broke it down and he went right uh, thumbnails are you doing this are you doing that your yeah. channel description are you doing this are you doing that your tags are you yeah. doing this are you doing that see and, for me it's stuff i already knew and it's not i know yeah. that even probably to a deeper than what he even put in there yeah. which is obviously not going to put all that but in there were there. questions in there that i hadn't heard before or thought about before i was like oh i didn't realize that was a thing that you should do mm-hmm. um so it is very 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 good i think the way it's structured is brilliant uh, just because you can just pick it up and go Instagram yeah, and just read about Instagram. Would you say it's good for, obviously there might be a lot of listeners out there that are like, well, I'm not in a business, I'm not self-employed. Would you say it's good for the average yes. Joe who's maybe just in a yes. job? What would you say would be the some of the well, best parts to look at? given everything that we've talked about about universities and how much it's going to be about the future of employability is going to be about talent and nurturing talent, yes, you need to get on it. No question. I actually, I'm, I think I'm going to do a vlog about this um, on, my, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Wayne Ingram actor. Um, be, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to do a it, vlog about this out. because <laughs> I am, there's been a debate in uh, my world about whether or not social media is going to get you work. We've got this thing that happens twice a year, hashtag showreel share day, where actors share their showreels. And I'm still seeing actors, despite the fact that the top agencies in the world are paying attention, I'm still seeing actors going, this showreel share day, like anybody's going to get a job or an agent out of it. And yet at the same time, the top agents in the world are tweeting, going, using our lunch break to follow showreel share day today. So like they're watching. And I think the argument, the argument that social media has no impact on employability is it's case fucking closed. Can we stop <laughs> debating it? It's done. It's over. It's winning. Fuck off. <laughs> so your yeah. social media is more important than your freaking CV these days. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said about the universities that actually in the future, it might be that they don't care that you have a degree, but actually they're happy that you won the award for inspiring or for a graphic design piece you did for a company that won certain awards or that Mm -hmm. you got no you helped a activism campaign by doing their video work for them and stuff like that so it actually be the accolades off of that not particularly the actual oh well done you've got a degree Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. should we should we give it a star rating 
want to give a star rating? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be proper biased though, which is really bad because I don't want to say it's a poo-poo book because it's just, I think a lot of it I already was quite aware of. And so for me, it's a great book, but I think I read it so quickly because I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. So it was a yeah, yeah kind of book for me. So, but for someone else who's probably coming across for the first time, I could definitely say it's like a five-star book because mm-hmm. if you're new to that whole social game, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was a quick, easy read. So I'm going to give it like a three or four star okay. out of five because it was just like, for me, it's like, yeah, mm. just reaffirming what I already kind of was yeah. aware of. I would have given it a four star mainly because, again, uh, a lot of this stuff is stuff that we already know because we follow Gary V so closely. If you're new to Gary Vaynerchuk, though, and if I was new to Gary Vaynerchuk, I'd probably give it a five. Um, but... The reason for me that I'd rather give it a four than a five is because I wish there were more chapters like that YouTube chapter where it really granular, step by step, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, um, which I suppose is in jab, 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 right, right hook a fair bit. But I would have liked a bit more of that in there. But that being said, like, um, I, again, I'm going to talk about this more next week. I'm stepping up my... I'm basically applying Gary Vee's thesis. I'm seeing results already in two weeks. And I would just say to anyone, if you want to up your game, buy this book, read it, devour it, read it once, read it twice, read it three times, keep going back to it, apply it all and see what happens. So I'm going to go four and a half, four and a half out of five. He's going to. Because I feel, I feel like, I feel like four is, is not doing it justice enough for me. But then I'm not a big reader, so... Well, at least you read it. That means that's already a... Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, so that's it for this week. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at PN underscore podcast or Instagram. Gem's in charge of that at powerful underscore nonsense. And if you could kindly please leave us a review on your platform of choice, probably iTunes, but there are other, other platforms available. Um, you can do so straight in the podcast app actually if you are on itunes you can go straight to the podcast leave us a rating and a full-on review if you'd like five stars or more would be greatly appreciated so that's it thanks very much for tuning in and we shall catch you next time see you later